three or four, whatever it is, 12 kilometers, done. Boxing class, done. David Zellis makes a reappearance. I saw him in a long time. What was the exchange rate today for Renmin B to CAD? Plans for the weeks ahead. So many places around Winnipeg have closed, and I wonder if I'll have time for a jam session tonight. Folks, it is Friday, July 14th. Uh, 2023. I'm Stephen Searcy, typically an expat in Beijing, uh, currently visiting the hometown, Winnipeg, Canada, and taking a bunch of pictures uh, and everything videos. I'm posting these a lot of these on uh, Instagram and on YouTube. The ones on Instagram are a little bit more personal, uh, whereas the ones on YouTube are kind of like just, here's life as it's seen. This is how people go through the world, seeing the world. It's just, you see an image and that's it. Whereas uh, Instagram, I'm sort of uh, making a little bit more uh, personal. I managed to run a uh, n another 12 kilometers again in the morning. Got up at 6.30 or so. Out the door at 7. Got back. Oh, I can't remember. It took me about an hour, 14 minutes to do the whole thing. Um, <laughs> telling this uh, uh, to uh, Dave. Dave Zellas was actually on my podcast. Which episode was it a couple of years ago, I guess at the sort of second year of the pandemic, back in 2021, I think it was. Um, I forget the episode name or episode number, but we uh, finally touched base after many years of not seeing each other. I was telling him, yeah, I ran 12 kilometers this morning. He's like, good for you. <laughs> My knees don't let me do that. And I was thinking that is a very good point. Number one, um, I didn't really, both times, so on Wednesday, I ran 11 kilometers. Today, I ran 12 kilometers. Part of the reason I did that was basically because uh, the the typical intersection. I explained this on Thursday on Wednesday a little bit. The typical intersection that I make it that it wasn't far enough, even if I doubled back the same way I came. So I wanted to be able to hit my number of four miles, which is six point five kilometers or thereabouts. Um, today I was just like, and so what eventually happened is like, well, if I can't hit six point five kilometers going back and forth. Why don't they just run to uh, the, the first sort of turnaround point would be the fork in the road. So where the single lane becomes a double lane, that's one place you could turn around. But then I'm like, ah, you don't want to be that guy turning around there, do you? So go up to the tracks and the tracks are, if you go there and back, about 11 or 12 kilometers. So the, the issue with running this is that when you get to the tracks, that's six kilometers or so, and you're like... I got to go back and there's no bus that goes down here. So you either walk it. I guess what you could do. No, you can't even, uh, you'd even to walk over to Academy uh, on that, at that time, you would um, still need to, well, I mean, you're still far away from Academy. You'd have to run over to Academy and then remember that your, your bus change or something like that. Just not going to happen. Hmm. Pardon me. Anyway, got the 12 kilometers in, uh, not disappointed at all did try to do some rope work after that and uh that wouldn't go very well as uh, my body i guess was a little bit tired or maybe i just didn't think myself through it however that being said uh, i wasn't too concerned because later in the day at uh, 5 5 30 i went on down to pan am boxing uh class uh in the exchange district dave invited me he's like yeah you can get a free uh trial class if you'd like and uh, he was also thinking, uh, he was also saying that since he volunteers there, he might be able to get a few more free classes for me. 
it was a good workout, proper good. Um, class was full. Like, of all the punching bags there, maybe 20 of them, 25? I'd say there were about 20 or 25 people there. I think a lot of people were looking forward to sparring after, but apparently they stopped the sparring um, on Friday nights for the summer months, moving that to Monday instead. Don't quote me on that. Check with them instead. Uh, but overall, since I hadn't been... I, I've never done a boxing class. I've done Muay Thai a little bit. Um, and it's actually a, something I'd like to get back into. It's just in Beijing. Um, there's two major problems with it. Number one, the cost. It's super expensive in uh, Beijing. Number two, a lot of the gyms are far away because the rental space... The, the amount of rent that they have to pay to be in a core area is just so high that they have to charge such high fees, right? So it's a, kind of like a double-edged sword in that regard. Uh, no, that's a single-edged sword. It, it cuts through your wallet. Um, cuts through their wallet, cuts through my wallet at the same time, or my QR code or whatever. Uh, but uh, here it was uh, good. It was good to have someone else screaming at me to do something. So because I haven't, actually taken a boxing class in a very long time or at all um i was put in the beginner group who with this um th this shorter female instructor uh who had abs that were phenomenal because when she was leading the ab the core ab strength workout she didn't drop and how many other people dropped i dropped i'm i know tomorrow i'm gonna have issues with my abs or on sunday because uh, I just couldn't hold uh, the position that she was saying to hold. But she gave us uh, a, a brief introduction just to, to some basic uh, boxing um, footwork, uh, your, your, your proper stance, like your, uh, your, your boxing stance, I guess you would call it, and then also how to throw a jab, and a, uh, like your, your, left, your left jab and your right jab sort of thing, your right, right pipe. So, so with that, there was two other people that were also new, but I said, you know what? Uh, just, just show me because I, I don't know the boxing style of doing things. So uh, it was good. Class was proper hard. One of the first. So after that introductory sort of bit uh, to the boxing, to, to boxing in general, grabbed a medicine ball, go outside, and we're whipping it against the um, uh, the wall. And what was what was supposed to happen? You're supposed to have a partner. One person throws the ball against the the wall until the other partner comes back from their run around the block. Now, this is something I remember seeing years ago. And I was always wondering, like, what are these people, why are they running outside? Why would they run outside when, like, it's the exchange district. It's not exactly, you know, safe city. Uh, but they they keep on running around the, 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 uh, the, the, the block that the boxing gym is situated in. Now I know why, and it's part of the exercises that they do. Uh, and it's also daytime, so uh, it wasn't so bad uh, at all. But proper good workout, medicine ball against the wall, run around the block three times. So we did that three rounds, uh, back inside to the bag work, uh, some skill work and stuff like that. Uh, actually, they didn't do too much skill work. It was a lot of bag work. They just showed us what to do, do this, uh, and they counted down by, I think, nine-minute rounds. Uh, broken up into two, uh, three or four different segments, right? So they'd explain something for 30 seconds, then you'd work on it for a minute or two, maybe a minute 30, 
it would break again, explain something for 30 seconds, and then continue on with that way. I was actually quite impressed with uh, Mr. Zealous because uh, his he, he was disappointed he, he wasn't able to spar, but at the end of class, we were doing some, like, I guess you would call it baby sparring, just um, that no head, no, no legs or anything like that. And he was proper able. I didn't realize how mental boxing is because it's one thing to say, oh, well, you know, I can, you can punch, uh, or you can, you have to be able to know to block. You have to be able to know how to read someone's, uh, movement and then react to it and then counter it. And I couldn't do that. And I'm sitting there, I get hope my, I'm in essence, boxing shouldn't be that difficult. You block a punch, you throw a punch, repeat, right? Right? No, it's a lot more uh, complicated than that, I guess. But uh, yeah, so it was a good workout. I, I appreciate have some, having someone else tell me what to do uh, because there were just some things that, you know, when I'm working on my own, some of these things that I say that I do, um, I, I would say like I have, my workouts have gotten, I don't want to say crazier, but they've gotten certain a lot more intense over the years. Uh, but it's all sort of predicated on me being able to restrict it if I have to, right? Like I won't push myself beyond that. Um, and it's very difficult for me to push beyond it other than having the point of pride of having done it basically, right? That's, that's the only thing. Um, so having someone else, you know, encourage me, shout at me, not harshly, but enough to make, you know, someone is watching, you can keep on going, you got it in you, compadre, you know, something like that. Uh, it kind of supports the idea of having a teacher, a mentor, I guess you would say. Uh, anyways, after that, uh, we headed out to uh, the King's Head for a feed. Good Indian food at a British pub? <laughs> kind of odd, but they both the uh, the waiter and, uh, and Dave were saying, yeah, definitely uh, go there for the Indian food. So we did that. Apparently he doesn't drink. I didn't know that. Uh, so I ended up having two pints of King's Head something or whatever. Uh, their local brew. And we uh, sat there and uh, caught up. Uh, you know, did some catching up after a while. He was asking me some questions about China. Almost sounds like he wants to come over, but he's just not convinced just yet. Uh, he's never lived anywhere else. Uh, so whether or not he would be able to make that move, uh, I don't know. Uh, I've, I've told him, yeah, you should come to China for a week, two weeks, see what it's like. Uh, your perception of the country will change substantially from what it is now. Like what you hear in the news, what you see in the news very different than being boots on the ground uh, in Beijing, in Tiananmen Square, on Tiananmen Square, uh, in downtown Beijing, in Shanghai, on the high-speed trains, eating the foods there, and then also almost getting hit by all the delivery drivers. I mean, it's, it will change your perception of the whole country, I'll tell you that, I'll tell you that much. What was the exchange rate for the renminbi to CAD, CAD, Canadian dollars. Holy, what the f Are you kidding me? I think they charged me $5.90. That is one Canadian dollar. How's it work? Five, five renminbi and nine jiao can buy one Canadian dollar. Typically, it's like 5.5 or 5. So I think it would have actually been cheaper for me to convert the money in China than to bring it over here and just deposit it into my credit union. It's terrible. 
That was a horrible, horrible. And good thing I checked this receipt. These two girls, uh, they were doing the uh, the numbers, and they give me this receipt, and I'm looking at it going $275. I'm going, is that a commission? <laughs> First of all, it's kind of expensive. And I'm like, well, okay, whatever. Number two, I'm going, I don't see commission listed. I don't see anything else. I go, but... And I'm looking at the the remedy. They, they quoted it as uh, 0.009161 or something like that. I'm going, this that's a very odd. Number. I've never seen that, but maybe maybe it's fluctuated. You know, maybe something crazy going. I know that China has been devaluing its currently currency re recently. The Canadian dollar has been kind of strong-ish, and the U.S. dollar has been very weak-ish. And you would think that you'd get a decent exchange from renminbi to U.S. dollar. They wouldn't do it though. Anyway, they're quoting me this. Zero zero nine one six one. Okay, I don't know what that is, right? But then they give me this receipt, two hundred seventy five dollars, CAD. Like, what? That doesn't make any sense. That, that the amount I gave you should not be that. It should be f substantially higher than that. And I'm going. Um, how? What did you do? <laughs> this is not the money that that no that amount. Basically, I gave him a stack of renminbi. And I'm looking at that thinking, uh, ladies, do you think that stack that I gave you equals this paltry amount in Canadian dollars? It's not that bad. To be fair, they had no idea what currency it was. Uh, the guess was Japanese and South Korea. They didn't go for the third one over there. I don't know why. Or then they asked, it was it from Thailand? I'm like, oh, goodness, it says it right on there. And the funny thing about say, saying that it says right on the bill is that it does, but you have to be able to read Chinese which I can only imagine a Chinese person or anybody who comes from a scripted um, language, like like Cyrillic even. Cyrillic, you can make your way through it a little bit, but Thai, uh, Tamil, uh, things like that where it doesn't use, or even Arabic, it's like, you say, well, it, the sign says it right there. Can't you read English? And they're going, no, actually, I cannot read English. Kind of like this. I cannot read the Chinese characters. It does have it in pinyin on the back uh, or in English, uh, in Romanized letters anyway. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of funny having them guess which currency it was. They didn't get it right. Uh, it turns out they had done the conversion into Japanese yen. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not Japanese yen. And I certainly don't want just $275 for what I just gave you. I'd like a little bit more, please recheck that number they redid it thankfully they didn't have to like reconvert it and i if they had to do that i would have been very upset thankfully they just canceled the the uh the exchange because it doesn't happen very quickly here uh and um they put through the proper paperwork with what uh, with the number that i was like that's a little bit lower than i thought it would be but um much more than the first number that you gave me so that was good Maybe that was sort of their way of uh, setting me up for the complete disappointment in the fluctuation of the currency. So that's brutal. That's where I found it. it was like 590 for uh, all told. Going, well, okay, so what's the remedy? They're like zero, 0 0.1617 or something. And I, I was checking at the exchange in the downtown district, and they were it was the same thing, like selling renminbi, buying Canadian dollars, whatever it is. It was just that was the exchange right now. So a little bit disappointed, to tell you the truth. Plans for the weeks ahead. Well, let's see. Um, probably going to stay for another week and then fly out that last week of July. It's just easier uh, to do it, to do as much as I can right now. Um, given the fact that I have been very busy, been updating the language vlog quite a bit, also been 
working on getting some podcast episodes together. I got two or three people I got to talk to uh, and arrange times. You know, it's like something like this. Like, Steve, you want to run a business? Guess what you got to do? You got to do the business. I mean, there's no vacation. Right? What, do you, what do you expect? Even if you were unemployed, this is what you would be doing. Your days would still be going on like this. Get the podcasts in. Get the vlogs in. Get the newsletters written. Just go and get it done. Stop thinking about us so much. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Uh, so that is sort of what the, the go is uh, for the current sort of uh, setup. Another week in Winnipeg and then out to Vancouver and then back into Beijing. Hopefully, maybe I'll hit the 30-day sort of cycle that I need to, to hit for that tax sort of um, uh, restart. But we'll see. Uh, it just might be that I don't work at all in July which I was originally expecting to do. I just didn't realize that I'd have so much to do and catching up to do here uh, in uh, in Winnipeg. So many places have closed down in this city. I took another little bike ride around the, uh, from well, from downtown then back to uh, Osborne area. And uh, I can't help but see that a whole bunch of places that used to be there are not. Like, they're gone. Uh, it's, and I kind of think, I, I, I've heard a lot of sort of mm, negativity about the city, how it's declined. I've, I've talked about this before. How the downtown core, like, you don't want to be walking down there anymore. Like, even in broad daylight, it's it's just too sketch. I, I'm sure people are saying, oh, well, it's not the whole place. I'm, of course, I'm, you can't generalize. Yeah, sure, you can't generalize. But generally speaking, there's a massive problem going on downtown core. And you can blame the establishment. Fine, go ahead. But when I see all of these businesses closed, and then you see that sort of drug problem going on downtown, it's like, are they not at all uh, correlated? Is there a relationship between them? Are they somehow connected? That, and I'm not saying, okay, it's not like the people who own these businesses are now out on the street doing meth. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there seems to be far fewer places for people to get the jobs, to earn the money that would generate, I don't know, some sort of tax revenue or at least, you know, a few more phone calls to the police to help clean up some of this areas, provide and use the office space so that there is more presence of uh, authorities or of people who can actually help these drug, uh, these these drug users basically downtown, and apparently Winnipeg's not the only one. I was in Edmonton last week. Edmonton has an issue with uh, heroin and meth. I mean, it's what the what's happening, Canada? What did you guys do? And I w- I would say you know blame Canada. I can't blame Canada. I mean, what is going on that this system that that this is happening basically? I wonder. Um, and I do, I've talked about uh, China before. You don't see the same sort of abuses in China. Of course, China gets criticized for a whole lot of other things, but you do not see rampant drug use in the downtown core of a lot of these places, uh, a lot of these cities. Could be a lot of different reasons for that. I'm sure a lot of people have some ideas and opinions, especially those who've never been to the country before. But uh, you just don't see it as much as you do. I mean, Winnipeg, made of what's real. Isn't that the new slogan of the city? And that's what's real. It's really right there in the core. 
Will I have time for a jam session? Oh, I will see if I do. I'll post it after this episode. But, uh, uh, I don't know. Hmm. This idea of creating a jam session, I kind of wanted to do it after, like on Friday nights. I don't know if it's possible because at the end of Friday night, I'm kind of done and I'm starting to think there's got to be another way I can do this. I got to figure this out. I know it's just all you got to do is just put two and two together, but what two am I missing? Right? I will get to this, folks. All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks very, uh, very much for listening. Uh, I appreciate it. Show notes and tracks up on my website, stephenstercy.com. Have a great weekend. Stay safe out there. Get your runs in. Do your boxing. Eat your broccoli. How's that? And of course, don't take health advice from a podcaster. Go talk to your health official or look it up on your own. You know what? Google. Google it. Chat GPT it if you don't want to believe me. We'll leave it there. Thanks again. We'll talk again. Have a good one. Bye-bye.